Looks like you're gonna get a chance to meet the rest of the family. My psychotic brother just escaped. Anybody else need more turkey? No, I'm pretty good, thanks. I don't like to talk about my brother. He gives me nightmares. This Thanksgiving. You know, somebody ought to tell him to get inside. Nobody should be out with my brother around. He looked exactly like Terry, except he had this really wild, crazed look in his eyes. Real sweetheart, you know that? A real sweetheart. It's not cranberry sauce, Artie. It's not cranberry sauce. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We're part of the Main Amy Network, and to find more from us, check out the website themainamy.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TheMainAmy. We are also now a proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You can find them at GVNation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Del Vecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Meyer. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going? Hello. In honor of the holiday coming up, Quick question for both of you guys. Cake or pie, and why is it... Oh, I'm always a big cake fan. Are you talking about cake on Thanksgiving? I was just making a dessert joke, to be honest. I I don't get it, but you don't eat cake on Thanksgiving. Yeah, I I mean, overall, I'm a big cake fan. Uh, I would always enjoy cake, but yeah, Thanksgiving is a time for pie. I think pie kind of owns that day. Yeah. Let cake have birthdays. Uh, right. This is this is retirement pie. parties. Yeah. Yeah. Mo- most of the time, cake rules supreme. But with pie, if you get Christmas, I feel, and Thanksgiving. Those are pie holidays. Yeah. Or you know, cake can have that one day when that woman in the office gets fired that everyone hates. And you can just Jesus. Celebrate. You, walk sure. the door. <laughs> you yeah. You work in some some really uh, cutthroat offices uh, there, Mark. It's, it's been a rough work week. Sorry if I'm... <laughs> well, I think anyway. Mark, Mark is planning on doing that, it sounds like. He, he has yeah. a, cake, a sheet cake ordered from the, uh, the grocery store. It's I have like the that... icing ready and ready to go. It's yeah. for whichever one of the people in my office. It's like, it, it's like bye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we, Susan, we all got you something. Like, oh, oh, bye, bitch. Oh, no. <laughs> See ya. And you keep Thanks. the cake. You don't if I'm, if I'm quiet, it's because I'm writing down all these ideas. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. So when we air this episode, it will be Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And enjoy your pie, but not don't enjoy your cake. But before we get into this week's movie, what have you guys been watching? Oh, shit. I forgot we do that. We watched Queen's Gambit. That was really good. We finished Cobra Kai. First season was really good. Second season was okay. I enjoyed it. But... I just want to see Johnny Lawrence being like an old drunk. I don't want to see kids with mohawks fighting puny kids. You know, it's really not fun. I I just want to see Johnny Lawrence go. I know I've watched, I watched another movie. I can't remember though. So I'm just going to let it go. If I think of it, I'll, I'll come back. All right. Mark, what about you? Yeah. So nothing this week, but, but I will say hearing all the talk about Queen's Gambit, I, I'm probably going to check that out while we have some time off during the holidays. So Probably whatever episode we record, that'll happen next week. You'll probably hear about that. 
Um, it's definitely on my list. I've heard it from folks even outside of you from other groups of like old college friends and stuff talking it up. So, you know, I, I feel like I got to at least check out the first episode or so. Well, uh, I really haven't watched much this week. The only I've watched one thing. I watched RoboCop. That's Ooh. it. <laughs> I, I wanted to make that my next movie, but I can't. Apparently I'm being oh, next week is Christmas. I'm being denied. Yeah, because Amazon Prime just put up RoboCop 1, 2, and 3 on Prime. So I, ha- I have a good friend. When we reviewed The Running Man, he messaged me and he said, that's the best podcast I've ever listened to. You guys are the amazing. You make Joe Rogan look like shit. I was like, oh, dude, thank you. you know, I, I appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. That's not hard, but... but he said uh, he, he liked The Running Man, so he said, have you done RoboCop yet? So I said, no, but if it does show up, I would do it. So... Hopefully it's still there in 2021. So that would be my my next pick after Christmas. Yeah, I feel like that's a that's a Christmas gift for us is yeah. to be able to watch and review RoboCop because it's so good. I love it's RoboCop. probably too good for this for this podcast. But ever so often we do break the rules a little bit. It's genre-y enough that we can do that. You know, well, you can yeah. always watch RoboCop three. If we wanted. It's to... true. RoboCop sure. three is there. We could do <laughs> a whole RoboCop Robo- two. Do a, a RoboCop episode, just one, two, and three supersized yeah that would be fun yeah maybe but who knows who knows what 2021 will bring perhaps the sun will explode i was gonna say amazon prime might not even be a thing in 2021 (laughs) i'm getting mark's hopes up (laughs) it's gonna go it's gonna go in the day before joe biden announces a student loan forgiveness (laughs) right it's gonna be him he's like getting ready to pens good touching down to the paper yep Everything just explodes. <laughs> oh, that scenario is a win-win either way. That's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. if we die, we don't have to pay student loans anyway. So yeah, yeah, that's a way to look at it. <laughs> We're looking good. <laughs> so as we said, this is Thanksgiving. The reason why Mark went last week, so he went twice in three weeks because I had this movie all queued up, ready for Thanksgiving. A little backstory. I had watched this originally for the first time back in 2017, I want to say, for 31 Days of Horror. And then I forgot to review it. And then the next <laughs> the next year, I saw it on Amazon Prime again. And I said, oh, this movie looks interesting. I'll watch it. And then ten, it took me 10 minutes to realize, wait a minute, I've totally seen this movie already. <laughs> I just completely forgot to review it the first time. But yeah, this movie is called, in some circles, it's called Blood Rage. In some other circles, it's called Slasher. In other circles, it's called Nightmare at Shadow Woods. But Blood Rage, guys, where are you coming from with Blood Rage? I Again, I thought I was watching the wrong movie here because it, it popped up as Slasher. So, I, But I was too lazy to change it. So I was like, yeah, well, I'm either watching the right movie or I'm going to be reviewing something completely different with Mark and Anthony. This movie I've never seen before. I've never even heard of it. This this movie started off, Jen and I were both watching him like, this is so stupid. I hate this. And it, then it just turned into morbid fascination. <laughs> like, oh, what is he going to do next? Oh, my God. I can't believe he did that. So I'm not mad that I watched this. The entire time I was watching it, I was like, is the name of the movie the only clue you get why he goes insane? Like, because I see no other trigger at any point. Most horror movies have a trigger for why some kind of little backstory, but this, he just finds a hatchet and then kills a guy in a car. So I guess that's a better descriptor than just calling it slasher. Or maybe they were just worried about SEO 
all the way back then. <laughs> but anyway, this movie is right on towing that line for me in terms of movies that I really like in, in the horror genre. You know, it's kind of stupid and campy. It's enough great practical effects that it doesn't make me roll my eyes when it's too much CGI or anything. The deaths are hilarious, which is always a thing on the top of my list for a horror movie. I don't come at it so much for the scares as I want to be able to cackle out loud at one point. This movie had everything. I honestly wish it had more Thanksgiving. I don't know what that means. It's <laughs> needs more Thanksgiving, I, damn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least more cranberry sauce. Yeah, yeah. Just, it was cranberry sauce. It's not cranberry sauce. That's not cranberry sauce. Like, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> to show you how fascinating this movie is. So uh, I was saying Jen and I were watching it and she immediately just was like, this is stupid. Why are we watching this? And in the span of maybe 10 minutes, she just started rattling off question after question after question. Why is he doing it this way? Why is the mother so useless? Why are they going for a swim? I was like, what? What? I don't know the answers to this. <laughs> I'm just as confused as you are. <laughs> I love these types of movies. Yeah. They're so they're so wild. This this in pieces, which we were we covered during 31 yeah. days of horror are very similar in just the ridiculousness so it's funny you mentioned that ant uh last night i did a podcast with juan for geek vibes live and the other guest was christopher and i believe he does a wrestling podcast and at the end they're like yeah we gotta we gotta get on to uh they call this movie you guys have been doing really well and the one guy chris said he wished how he could have been on the review for pieces with us. So I said, mm -hmm. well, if you like that one, prepare yourself for the <laughs> new movie that we're going to review because it's pretty much like right in the same lane yeah. as pieces. Yes. This movie, everybody is 115% and the mother is at 190%. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's in my mind. She's in her own Tennessee Williams play. <laughs> that's probably the best way to describe that yeah oh yeah she's she's definitely doing she's in another realm and it's baffling it really is baffling <laughs> she's doing streetcar <laughs> <laughs> one of jen's questions was how come every time they snap back to her she's doing absolutely nothing <laughs> she is completely useless she spends 45 minutes on the phone Yep. Either to the operator or on hold or just letting the phone ring when the guy she's calling is a hundred yards away from her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like two doors down or something. Yeah. I, I thought this was like they have to have made two different movies and then just spliced it together. This was a day in the life sort of thing going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The one guy wrote one story. Someone else wrote another. And this is they just is a disgusting amalgamation of it. Yeah, it's like somebody's off-Broadway play, and then they're like, <laughs> well, we've got like 40 pages of good stuff here. What if we just write 30 more pages of slasher movie, and we'll just <laughs> fill in the pieces there? It, man, I mean, it starts off baffling where they're out at a, a drive-in movie, and it's all teenagers, but then you have like a 50-year-old mom <laughs> hooking up with like a 30-year-old like Lothario guy. <laughs> He's got the creepy mustache going. Yeah. And I was like, well, hold on. Like, why did they have to get an older lady to do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's like they tried to make her look 35 and it just did not work. No, no. It was the the outfit choices are poor, to say the least. 
at first I thought it was just a bad makeup job. Like, oh, like she's probably younger, but it's just like the makeup makes her look older. Mm-hmm. I no. You could say that about a lot of people in this movie, though. Yes. The twenty-somethings look thirty-five. Yeah. <laughs> it's it, ah man. I don't know what this movie was. But <laughs> it, it was fun, strange, but very fun. Yeah, it had a lot of the a lot of the stereotypical slasher archetypes in this for sure. And I started figuring them out near the end that it was going to go that route instead of do something wild. But the guy playing the twins was just made me laugh every time he was on screen. <laughs> just the choices he made to distinguish himself between the two twins was like, was that his choice? Or the director was like, no, you just need to be like, let's dial the creep factor up like six on this guy and about four on the other guy. But one scene, your hair will be back and the other one, it'll be forward. And everybody will be like, oh, it's two different people. <laughs> I will say he definitely does feel like he's playing two different parts. Yes, he does. But the one character, the main character that he plays is is like, leaps and bounds more interesting than the brother the the, um the mute brother i'll tell you what he gives the guy from uh, garbage day what's that movie silent night deadly night part two yes he gives that guy a real run for his money in terms of just over the top psycho Yeah. yeah At one point towards the end, he's walking around with the machete, just laughing to himself. Uh-huh. And I just thought to myself, that's the same guy, right? <laughs> From Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. He's just walking around shooting. <laughs> 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 and then when he starts playing with the corpses and it's just. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> it's so funny. I thought I, you I, were fun. <laughs> After he touches her with the dead man's hand. Uh, this. <laughs> He makes some like weird choices and yeah like at, at times all of a sudden he's he's hooking up with his girlfriend then he wants to kill her for no reason mm-hmm. I don't I don't get it I don't <laughs> but, but she has the virgin plot armor so I guess I I don't know <laughs> his neighbor wants to hook up with him and but he's he's a good dude he's not she cheating on his 40. girlfriend yeah <laughs> but he, it, rat, just, he wants to watch TV right what's on the tube. <laughs> That part, it's like my favorite line in the movie. Wonder what's what, on the what, tube. What do you major in? Partying. Yeah. Oh god. It's, shouldn't that line of dialogue be the other way around? Yeah. It should be the guy saying that to the girl. Right. It. Oh, man. He's a weirdo though. He drinks milk at Thanksgiving dinner. And tomato juice, right? Just straight up tomato juice. <laughs> he he would be he would he probably loves like gazpacho or something like that. <laughs> It's tomato soup, ice cold. <laughs> so basically, Br- Blood Rage, if you haven't seen it, it's a pretty simple plot. These two kids, when they're young, they're twins. They're at a drive-in movie theater, and one of them kills some random dude that he comes across that's fucking in the car next to them with a hatchet. And then the kid pins it on his other brother who saw it. So he like smears blood on him, hands him the hatchet, and pins it all on his brother. Yeah, he does it by pulling the Eddie Guerrero. Wipes the blood, hands on the weapon, goes, oh my god, look what he did. (laughs) So he does that, and then 15 years later, the brother that they pinned it on uh, has spent his entire life up until that point in a mental institution, and he breaks out on Thanksgiving Day, and then the prospect of being face-to-face with his brother that he pinned the murder on sets this guy off to go on a murderous rampage all over again. So it's a thing of basically... One brother that's been accused of murder 
coming back to pin it all on the one that did it and the other one that did it going crazy and starting killing everybody. Pretty simple plot. It's like your standard 80s slasher movie. But it's wild, man. There are so many just moments again with the mom. As we're saying off off air, Mark, there's a scene where she's just shoving, funneling food down her throat, just sitting like in front of the refrigerator, laid right in front of the refrigerator. <laughs> it's my As, favorite scene in the movie. And then she doesn't know what to do with herself, so she starts drinking wine while she vacuums in the middle of the night. It's all over the place, man. It's great. I at, love at, it. At one point, she really should have just been like the, the scene when she's vacuuming. She should have looked at the camera and just said, oh, didn't see you there. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> Everybody plays this movie as if they're struggling through acting because they're pulling back on a nervous breakdown that they're currently having <laughs> while on set. And she is the epitome of that that energy. So Blood Rage from 1987 is directed by John Grismer, directed one other movie, Scalpel, 10 years prior to this. Uh, it stars Louise Lasser, Mark Soper, Julie Gordon, Jane Benson, Marianne Cantor, James Farrell, Chad Montgomery, Lisa Randall, William Fuller, Douglas Weiser. With a cameo by Ted Raimi. In it the was Ted scene. Raimi. Okay. Yeah. He plays the guy selling condoms in the beginning. With pins in them. Yeah. Not <laughs> <laughs> very effective. Has an IMDb score of 5.8 and no Rotten Tomato score. Just a little couple of things. This was shot in 1983, so it was four years prior to the movie being released and it was shot in Jacksonville, Florida but was not released until 1987. The initial theatrical run was under the name Blood Rage eventually changed to Nightmare at Shadow Woods and at some point it was called Slasher and I could not find any budget or box office numbers but I don't think it did much in the box office. I don't think it was there very long. That makes sense. This movie had very Florida energy. Yes. There is one scene that is shot in Hazlitt, New Jersey. The opening drive-in the drive-in wow. scene. The drive-in nice. theater was Route 35 Drive-In in, in Hazlitt, New Jersey, which closed in 1991. This movie is great. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the uh, more surprisingly good finds. Yeah. I think I prefer pieces, but I this one. All brand Steve Gutenberg is not in this movie, so. That's true. The sexy factor is dialed way down. Yeah. There's limited sexiness in here. There is pe- people fucking on a, uh, a diving board. We'll give them that. Well, no, no, they're they're laying on top of each other. Yeah, on a that's diving. that's not fucking. <laughs> that's not my that's not my fucking. It was like as if an alien shot a sex scene and was told what human sex was like. It's uh, called foreplay, you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time, damn it. <laughs> they didn't that's, know that they were gonna get macheted. That's the Tommy Wiseau <laughs> special right there. This movie does prove a good point. Buy ourselves a machete. Yes. If you're the killer, sure. Yeah, you want the machete. But <laughs> no one else even tries to defend themselves in this movie. That's true. Nobody really yeah. does. No. Yeah, there's only one that you find out try to defend themselves after the killing when they go back to the body. I don't know if you guys noticed that, if it was a bad edit when they went back to the uh, doctor and she had a gun in her hand. Oh, that was a trank, a trank gun. Yeah. Oh, she doesn't. Do, she just makes weird faces at the camera, though. Yeah. While she's still in two pieces. That was a surprising shot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, this good. scene had like a bunch of top five quality <laughs> scenes of things we've watched in 2020. And the brother trying to put the body back, back together. together. <laughs> that was phenomenal. <laughs> Why didn't I, you run? I 100% hope that was ad-libbed. <laughs> like, I know he was in a mental hospital, but I'm pretty sure he realizes he can't stitch her back together there. Just... <laughs> 
just the sheer fact that the only direction from from the director is just like you just got to be grieving this person's death, but you don't really know how to grieve. No, Go. he had no clue. Trying to put the body back together. <laughs> I tried to tell you. It's just the the choices that were made are very unique. I'll say that definitely. You want to get into the plot? Yeah, Let's do sure. it. All right, Dan, what do you got? All right, guys. So as you know, I like to plug our friend Tia and her podcast, The Top Ten with Tia. It's a weekly podcast. Tia and her friends get together and they discuss top ten lists. So you could follow her on Twitter at TC underscore Stark. She also has a GoFundMe page going on right now. Go check that out. I believe she has it on her Twitter, but her family befell some some hard times. Just if you if you have a chance to help her out, that's great, or just pass it along. It's very much appreciated. She's super sweet. She's very funny. She writes articles for Geek Vibes Nation, and she's a good friend of ours. So go check her out and give her a listen and do what you can. Yeah, I also believe she has an interview with the Russo brothers coming out, if it hasn't really? already, which I guess this is a yeah. week from now. So Good for her. She's, she's very hardworking. Like I said, super sweet. Yeah, and we're going to take a quick break. But before we do, we're going to take a minute to listen to some friends of the podcast. So we will be right back. Hey, everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribed to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back and now it's time to get into the plot for blood rage we open 1974 in jacksonville florida as i mentioned this was actually filmed at the route 35 drive-in theater in hazlitt new jersey which closed in 1991 then we get an opening title card which is very confusing because it says it's the movie slasher and not blood rage but trust us we watched the movie blood rage we then follow around a few patrons buying popcorn and other concessions, follow one of them into the bathroom, and he buys condoms from Ted Raimi. We eventually settle on a middle-aged couple making out in the front seat of their car with two boys asleep in the back seat. Guys, remember movie theaters. <laughs> <laughs> There's still a drive-in theater in South Jersey. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Then two boys wake up and see their mom making out with the man as if she was like a 20-year-old inside the sneak out of <laughs> the back. One of them grabs a hatchet out of the bed of the truck and then sneaks off to watch a couple fuck in the back seat. Do you remember, did we cover the movie, was it like Witchboard? We didn't. Both you and I watched that this this past month. That's right. Okay, we both watched it. I think you reviewed it for the main Damien, right? Yep. So do you remember the, because uh, the main character was a construction worker, correct? Yes. He had that same hatchet slash hammer, did he not? Right. It became a huge thing in, in that movie. Right. Like, is that, was that a 
thing? Is that an actual tool that people used? I guess so. They yeah. I, the switchboard. That's the super deadliest weapon, like, tool that just people walked around with ever. <laughs> My you... assumption would be, could that have been, like, a tool for... I don't remember, actually, the size of it in this movie, and I didn't watch that other one. But is that, like, one, something that, like, a rock climber would have to, like, cut a rope if needed? So in Witchboard, it was specifically used to cut a rope. Yeah. Um, and murdered that dude, which was one of the funniest deaths I saw this <laughs> past month. Just a sheetrock just falls straight on a dude who's like taking the, a snooze on the job. Yeah. And sheetrock's not very heavy, but regardless, <laughs> I was just I was thinking when I was watching Witchboard, that's that was a very odd tool that they use. It was like that thing slips out of your hand, it flies backwards, and you're slicing up your buddy or getting yep. a good cut. Yeah. But no, that was a real thing apparently. Yeah. So then the uh, the dude that's fucking yells at the kid to go away. So then the kid returns the favor by then just smashing him in the face <laughs> with a hatchet multiple times. Does he kill the woman? I don't remember. No, I think no, she, she runs off. She, she runs, runs off, off bare ass. Naked. Yep. <laughs> that's right. So then the kid's twin brother is staring at him in shock. So he hands his twin brother the hatchet and smears blood all over him and then yells for his mom and then blames it all on him. It's like the episode of The Simpsons with Hugo. Yeah. They switched the twins. That's what I thought immediately. Wait a minute. <laughs> the scar is on the other side. <laughs> so which one of them was too crazy for Boys Town and too much of a boy for Crazy Town? Well, I thought it was Todd, but it wound up being Terry. Right. <laughs> so, I don't remember which one was the crazy one. It's Terry, right? Terry's the crazy one. I'm going to get it mixed up. They really could have given me two further different names. Like Terry and Robert. Right, that would have been so much more helpful. Terry and Todd is going to get confused. Yeah, I agree. I didn't, under- I didn't understand the plot. Jen had to break it down to me. She was like, no, Terry is the killer. Todd is the one who's in the mental hospital. <laughs> well, why? Because Terry pinned it on Todd. <laughs> huh? What do you mean? Oh, oh God. Terry's the killer. We- oh, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> We need to find a psychological mystery thriller and then just have Dan watch it and then explain to us who did what. (laughs) Someone should really study me, man, because there are movies where I figure it out instantly. But then movies like this just fly way over my head. I'm just like, "Ah, what is going on here, guys? I am I am lost. But then I'll figure out like Inception. You know, like, oh, you know, so and so is doing this, blah, blah, blah. Tenant, I'm getting it. It's like these movies that are supposed to be really cerebral, and I'm just like, oh yeah, I get it. But this movie is just a piece of shit, and I'm lost. I'm the like most a baby simple the soap opera plot in the planet. Right. On the planet. I'm <laughs> having Jen break. She's giving me the play-by-play. All right, so well, now you... Terry is trying to pretend that he's not a psycho. Oh, yeah, but... why? But you knew Sixth Sense in the first scene. <laughs> right. You <Well>. know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we fast forward 10 years to Thanksgiving as the mom arrives at a mental facility and we hear Dr. Berman's notes on Todd's story. It's basically a voiceover throughout. I don't know why. It's such a weird touch. Like, yeah, oh, the like, voiceover. have the voiceover over the scene. Dr. Berman basically says that Todd is starting to remember the incident from the drive-in and that he is saying that it wasn't him that did it. It was his brother, Terry. So I guess he's been in some sort of shock slash comatose state for 10 years and he's just starting to wake up out of it so did you you notice in that scene terry and todd's mother is like having a conniption 
and the doctor's doing the voiceover and she, and she says i used my years of training to calm her down and her training is putting her head in her hand and just nodding slowly <laughs> yeah. and that calms the mother down that's it yeah. that's all it takes yeah it's a weirdly put together scene. I don't really understand. It, um, it makes the doctor look as if she's the protagonist. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It makes me think what they were going for was the doctor doing their audio notes. Yeah, it that's what it's it. set up like. But I don't know, because you still hear the audio too, ever so, like probably half volume of the scene that it's playing over. So it's just super odd. And it's yeah. it never comes back. This is the only scene where this happens. I feel like there was probably a too long of a scene that they just had to cut. So they're just like, ah, we'll take that audio because it's important. It's more important than this scene and we'll just throw it over this. But who knows? So the doctor brings Todd in to see his mother, whose name is Maddie. Maddie brings him a pumpkin pie and Todd gets mad and smashes the pumpkin pie in his hands and then throws it against the wall. My first chuckle at this movie yeah. was when he yeah. falls off and throws it. <laughs> I can't imagine the people in my house after I told him that I watched a horror movie with the amount of times that I cackled out loud in my room uh, watching this. And this was the first scene, as you mentioned, where that happened. And I literally had to rewind 10 seconds so that I could see if I missed any dialogue. I was laughing so hard at it. It was such a just whole hand in the pie. Not cake. Um, Not cake. So he freaks out and then has to be restrained by orderlies. And the doctor says she suspects it was Terry that murdered that guy and not Todd all along. Cut to Terry playing football with some friends and his girlfriend. And then he hits on another girl right in front of his own girlfriend, who's like the daughter of a neighbor that's back from school, too. Definitely an alpha male in this movie. Yeah. Terry's just like, fuck it. I'm just going to flirt with this girl and you're going to just come begging me, who you think is me, but it's actually my brother, begging me to fuck you. <laughs> Can you imagine if that's the, the dialogue that he says? Like, I'm just going to do this and you're going to take it and then you're going to come back to me. But it's not going to be me. Like That's very specific, Terry. What are you doing? <laughs> and then I'm going to say, that's not cranberry sauce. Cause, spoiler <laughs> alert, it's not cranberry sauce. He says that line a few times in this movie, and it's not good <laughs> any time he says it. Nope. Then we cut to everyone laughing like psychopaths at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Maddie and her boyfriend announce that they are engaged. Terry drinks milk at dinner, which is disturbing enough. I also hate the way he wears a tie. It's a popped collar and then just a loose tie. And then he... Never a good look. No, yeah. it's very douchey. Yeah. And then he has a little bit of a freak out at the engagement news. Not so much like on the surface, but through the music cues, he kind of was like, oh my God, she's getting married. She's getting married to somebody else. His eyes tell the whole story. Yeah. And then sort of low-key threatens the boyfriend with a knife, but playfully. <laughs> and everybody has a good old laugh. And the phone rings and it's the hospital. And Maddie answers and they tell her that they can't find Todd. So Maddie tells Terry that Todd has escaped and tells him not to tell anyone. And then he immediately tells everyone, <laughs> my crazy brother just escaped from the loony bin and he's off. You he's wouldn't believe it. <laughs> That's me, by the way, when like people at work are just like, hey, you know, there's some big news coming. Don't tell anyone. Oh, yeah, you got it. Guys, you'll never guess what's about to happen. Some crazy shit's going down <laughs> with things I don't care about. I'm not going to hold it back. And just whatever happens, happens. But you guys can trust me, wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Todd wanders the streets. And after dinner, Maddie goes to bed to relax after a long day. Her boyfriend goes to comfort her, and they make out like a couple of old people. And Terry sees this <laughs> and has some menacing looks. <laughs> old, people, old people making out. That's what everyone wants to see. Yep, 
you come for the horror, you stay for the old people making out. Hey, listen, they have a love life, too. They're allowed to enjoy life. Absolutely. And just be super creepy about it. Yeah, just... go on ourtime.com and can find some people to make out with. <laughs> You pulled that one out pretty quick. I've never even heard of that. <laughs> uh, and just so, as a side note, uh, if you know, like you, if you're guessing what decade this is, it, it takes place in the 70s, right? Uh, 1979, no. so I thought. Would, so the the first scene does take place in the 70s, but this right. is 10 years later. Like, everything has shag carpeting in it. Yeah. All these scenes, yeah. No one's upgraded since the 70s. <laughs> right. I, that made me think, like. You know, a lot of people say, like, oh, you know, the 90s was a great decade. Like, even the 80s was crazy wild. That was fun. The 60s, all the, like, the free love and all that. Like, no one ever says, like, I want to, I want to, I wish I lived in the 70s. Yeah. The 70s sucked. Gas shortage and <laughs> hostages. Right, Vietnam. Yeah, just, we skipped you know, the Olympics one year, you know? <laughs> Nothing right, good. The 70s was just a decade-long COVID. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no one's ever going to say, man, you know what year I wish I could go back to? 2020. And, you know, 2021, probably. 2022. 2024, right. though, maybe. That's our year. Fingers crossed. We're going to be back. Oh, God. Don't put that evil on us, man. We, you... <laughs> I'm, I'm taking whatever, like, the first vaccine that comes out. Hook it up, hook it into my veins. Let's do the this. The first vaccine is going to turn everyone inside out. <laughs> it's worth it. It's, it's worth it. Uh, I'll roll those dice. <laughs> Uh, so the doorbell rings and Todd answers it. Uh, actually, no, it's Terry. See, I already made it up, made yeah, a mistake. The, that's our counter. The doorbell rings and Terry answers it. Uh, it's the doctor and some orderly are there and the orderly pulls a trank gun on Terry thinking it's Todd. So Maddie's fiance, Brad, introduces himself and he's the property manager of the apartment complex. And offers that confused me to a the doctor. Bit. Yeah. yeah. I was like, is that like a slang term for the like man of the house? The <laughs> landlord. <laughs> I'm the manager. Literally the property here. manager. Yeah. He's the manager of that ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. He like he he walks out like he's gonna start taking charge, but he's just like, well, nothing really happens in this apartment complex, so feel free to just stomp around the grounds. I'll be in my office. Go, go into people's backyards. It's fine. I'll start, I'll be in my office drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> and everyone drinks Pabst in this. That's like the universal beer of choice. Mm-hmm. Jacksonville beer. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, ugh, man, that's why, maybe that's why Terry wants to kill everybody. There's just like no other option. You don't drink, man. You drink. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he doesn't drink. He's he's straight edge except for the killing. He's straight edge. This is, you, you always got to look out for the straight edge. Oh, yeah. They are they're the ones that give you the uh, the problem. Yeah, like people like there's people that are three weeks into no nut November right now. Steer clear of those freaks. Oh, yeah, hey, those they're going to do something wild. You know, yeah. once we get into December, something's going to happen. If they're not popping off in their they're, shorts, they're popping off somewhere else. In if crowded you know malls it. or something like that, although <laughs> not this year. Right. So we might be safe. <laughs> Now's the time. Yeah. So he tells the doctor, feel free to just stomp around the grounds. And then they go off while he waits in his office. In his office, he cracks a beer and listens to some religious radio broadcasts. Meanwhile, Maddie pops some pills. (laughs) Brad calls Maddie to calm her down and then hangs up. And then Terry pops in and cuts Brad's hand off with a machete. That was a a good uh, good graphic as well. Yeah. Second cackle. Second. That was pretty good. 
I, I noticed uh, as I was watching this, if you see before he cuts off his hand, you do see a stain on the carpet uh, that looks like they did multiple takes of this. Right. It, I like how he spins around in the chair holding the stump. Yeah. Ah, just screaming like a madman. <laughs> so then Dr. Berman goes stomping through the woods looking for Todd. As Jackie the orderly talks to Todd as if he were there. He's like, come on out, Todd. No, I got I got some things I got to do. And then Jackie stops to have a toke on someone's back porch and Terry shows up. So Jackie lets Terry have a drag of his weed. And then Terry tells the doctor uh, and then tells Terry that the doctor told him that Todd didn't kill anyone. So Terry runs him through with the machete. Right in someone's backyard. Right in someone's backyard. (laughs) Any of these people could just, everybody's got sliding glass. This is sliding glass doors. The movie. (laughs) (laughs) And no one's home. No one's home. I mean, it is Thanksgiving. It's it's the prequel to sliding doors. Yeah. Sliding glass doors. (laughs) Uh, Dr. Berman goes stomping around the woods some more as Maddie sits on the floor of the kitchen shoveling leftovers into her mouth. And this is a fucking mood. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> and then Terry finds Dr. Berman in, in the woods and he accosts her. Uh, meanwhile, Maddie pours herself a nice tall glass of wine as she, call, as she calls someone. And she'll spend the rest of that runtime basically on the phone. It's, it's kind of sad and pathetic, but hilarious at the same time yeah there's a there's a backstory there man she's having an existential crisis (laughs) like i said it's a tennessee williams play (laughs) it's it's great it makes no sense it it serves no purpose but it's awesome yeah it's like woman woman on the verge of a nervous breakdown yeah it's it's great (laughs) so then we cut back to dr berman and she's been disemboweled in the middle of the woods i would have liked to have seen that happen right yeah, that was the most disappointing part of this movie, was that you don't yeah. see that. You do get to see her, like, flailing around into pieces in the woods, which was kind of, like, wild, just crazy-ass <laughs> shit. Like, her legs are still kind of kicking. Oh, that's right. Oh, it, yeah. Even in the, when he cuts the hand off of the... The hand uh, is still moving, yeah. Yeah, it's still twitching. It has the beer in it, it lets the beer go. Oh, no, it was, the, was it a gun? Or a beer? beer? It was it's beer. beer. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty wild. It's yeah. very creative with the kills. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, uh, then Terry goes to clean up, uh, takes a shower and he says, it's not cranberry sauce as he, uh, tastes the blood on his shirt. And then he'll say that like four more times. Uh, then Todd shows up at the apartment complex and just kind of looking in windows and everything like that. He's stomping around. This is a lot of stomping around going on in this movie. And then, but not a whole lot getting done. No, there's people going from one, one area to the next like oh this person's back porch and then this person's back porch and then look this kind of wooden walkway for some reason it's like a little nature trail i guess so terry shows up at the neighbor's apartment to hang out with the babysitter he doesn't drink which is an enormous red flag and she's ready to fuck but then terry just wants to watch some tv yeah he's no simp i love it yep he's just yeah he's just uh owning his dick man he's just like you can't have this not yet until i want it it's it's while he's a, a psychopathic murderer, but he has standards. Right? Mm-hmm. He has a girlfriend. He's not cheating. So you kind of give him a little bit of credit where credit's due. Sure. So then Karen, his girlfriend, shows up at Terry's place, but there's no answer. She goes around the back and gets scared by Todd, who she thinks is Terry. And she tells him that she wants him to fuck her. And then he says, I mean, Todd, Todd's an idiot. And he just says, I'm Todd. And I've never <laughs> kissed a girl before. <laughs> right. And then she like, oh, says, that's nice. it's like, oh, well, you really should try it. Bye. I think that's her exact words. Is oh, you re- you really should try it sometime. Really played it smooth there. <laughs> Todd coming on a little strong. 
A little bit. You know, yeah. didn't really even know. I'm sure you're going to tell me he didn't hook up while he was in the mental institution. I mean, come on. That stuff happens all the time, no? Uh, <laughs> I mean, he was in like a comatose state, I think. Okay. So I'm going to have to re- I'm going to have to double back and probably say that didn't happen. I would say probably not. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. So she runs away. And her two buddies show up and tell them that she she tells them that she saw Todd. So they got to look for them, but he doesn't find them. It's back at the neighbors. The babysitter tries to fuck Terry, but Terry's not having any of it. And then neighbor comes home with Pete Buttigieg and Terry and the babysitter leave. <laughs> I was wondering what you meant by that when you messaged us. Like, oh, it's our second Pete uh, Buttigieg uh, movie. Like, what the yep. hell is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he showed up in Toxic Avenger, too. Yeah, that's right. Yes, I forgot about that. So Karen and Terry's buddies come across Terry and tell him that they saw his brother. And they crack jokes about Terry's family, and Terry freaks the fuck out and runs off to find Todd. So then Maddie drinks wine while she vacuums in the bedroom, which, again, mood number two. And Terry comes in and tells her that Todd is is around hiding somewhere on the property. Terry also says that he thinks the doctor left. So Maddie, tr- Maddie tries to call Brad, but there's no answer, obviously because he's dead. Maddie then tells Terry to go find Brad, and she and then she stops him and says, "And please put a sweater on, the blue one." Yeah, yeah, it's super specific, so it's like this is gonna play a part. Like this is gonna be big if you haven't guessed it. So Todd finds Dr. Berman's body, and then some random girls looking for her cat. So Todd tells her to go home. Uh, I I don't want to I don't want to go too far too quickly past Dr. Berman's body, as we mentioned. Todd finds it and then tries to put it back together. Yeah, it, it's great. It was a great practical effect that yeah. that whole and and just the idea of this crazy person deciding that that was what he needed to do there. I was almost hoping that they would like, um, or maybe I'm forgetting and they did cut away with him like sort of laying next to her. I don't think so. Yeah. It's like it's like it's like trying to put the scarecrow back together after the uh, the monkeys try like take yeah. out all the stuffing. The, the <laughs> thing that doesn't make sense to me is. Uh, if he's comatose, why all of a sudden is he like talking? Like, what breaks him out of that state of mind? Doctor Berman's work. She's been working with him. Yeah, but he he shows no signs of actually coming out at that point. Uh, I'm not sure I follow. Like, so in the one scene that we have with the doctor and Todd, mm-hmm. right, he's still he's throwing cake. He's not talking, and then all of a sudden he just starts talking when well, he, he sees talk, her body. He does talk in that scene, but she, she also. I, yeah. I thought he was silent and just throwing stuff around. No, because he, she says that, so his mother goes to him, like, we could start being a family again. And he's just like, that doesn't mean anything to me. And that's when he freaks out. Oh, I thought he was just crazy. Because no. in that scene and the voiceover, she's saying that he is starting to come around. He's starting to remember what happened. And then oh, he that's says right. that it wasn't him. It was Terry. Right. Yeah. He's starting to remember the events of that night. Okay. Yeah. So I don't even know if he was completely comatose, but he is in a state of shock for these past 10 years. So, OK, that yeah. makes more sense then. All right. So I was I was just wondering myself, like all of a sudden he sees a dead body and that's what shakes him out of being comatose. No, he he has talked before this. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Because she even says when he has his breakdown in the hospital, like the mom is basically undoing 10 years of her work. Got, oh, OK. And then some random girls looking for her cat. And then Todd happens upon her and he tells her to go home and lock the door because it's not safe. Someone's out here. So she does. Back at the uh, back of the neighbor's apartment, Karen, Andrea and the two doofuses are having a party. Um, eventually, Andrea, one of the two do- uh, of the doofuses go into the bedroom while Karen and the other one play some video games. Yeah, The explanation that this was shot in 1983 answered a question 
of mine of why they were playing a game that was very much like Atari in right. a time period when, you know, that wouldn't have been around at all. 1987, you wouldn't have been playing Atari. You would have been playing no. Super Mario Brothers. Yep. Meanwhile... But in 83, they were on the shelf for like 10 bucks, so it was easy to get for this movie. <laughs> Meanwhile, Pete Buttigieg and the neighbor are drinking together, and the neighbor basically just says, let's fuck, and goes into the bathroom to get more comfortable. The doorbell rings, and Mayor Pete answers it, and it's Terry. I, lo- I love how we're, you're going with that. <laughs> I don't remember the guy's name. It's easier to just call him Mayor Pete. Uh, the neighbor comes out in lingerie to find no one in the living room, then hears a knock on the door. She looks through the peephole and sees that it's Mayor Pete, but when she opens the door, it's only his head suspended from the ceiling with an extension cord. She freaks out. The baby starts crying. She goes to grab her coat because she's looking to run out, and then Terry pops up to help her with her coat and menacingly smiles at her. Todd, meanwhile, breaks into his mother's apartment and winds up in his old bedroom, which features a Yoda mask, I noticed. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Jen pointed that out. I didn't notice, but she, yeah, he has the, the Yoda mask. He has something else in there. What is it? It's the gun from the first night. Do you remember that? There's like a, no. a, a BB gun or something like that. I don't know if it plays a, any significant part, but she, she noticed it. And then his, his mom passes out in the hallway. So Todd picks her up and carries her into bed, and she thinks it's Terry. So Karen and one of the guys finish playing video games, and they hear a scream. They go investigate, and Andrea and the other guy jump out. Andrea wearing some sort of face prosthetic and the guy with fake blood on him. So rather than fucking, they've put an elaborate makeup job on Andrea, which they happen to have lying around. So Andrea and the guy hang back to go play tennis, as Karen and the other guy plan on going to some party. Then, Maddie has a breakdown while on the phone with the operator. She's trying to get a hold of Brad, who should only be about 100 yards away at most in the office. And then Andrea and Greg go play tennis, drunk, in the middle of the night. And this is our second uh, tennis scene in a horror movie. Uh, this one only slightly better than Pieces. Because like they move a little bit. Yeah. They it only play, last a few seconds. Yeah. They, don't, they don't play like, uh, like they're professionals, but they play like two people that just said, hey, let's go play some tennis. <laughs> Not like uh, they were wearing cement shoes. Right. And they, they were dressed like, eh. Well, she was dressed for the uh, the occasion. He, him, not so much, right? Right. He he was wearing. I forget exactly what he's wearing, but I, I wanted to kind of go back to uh, the mother on the phone. Yeah. That that whole scene is just essentially one long. Ma'am, this is a Wendy's. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you have to believe me. There's something wrong. Like, oh, okay, ma'am, you have the wrong number here. Yeah. It's Oscar worthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> So Terry watches them play tennis, and then Greg tries to fuck Andrea right there on the tennis court, but she says she has a better idea. And then Maddie continues to talk to the operator and has a nervous breakdown right there on the phone, and I guess she never gave the operator the number she wanted? I don't know. I think she just told it, told the operator to, like, find uh, the guy's number, right? But, like, oh, oh, to find the guy. And, like, well, what? who's the guy? You, you're being very... Yeah. Uh, you're not being specific here. Just find so and so. I need him. Okay, yeah. just I need the number, lady. <laughs> yeah, that's what it seems like. It's like, all right, well, yeah, we've been on the phone for 20 minutes. Do you have that number handy yet? <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, man, I, I, I don't know if it, this was her ad libbing or I don't, I, I doubt it because that just it doesn't seem like ad libbing as much. I don't know. I she don't know. Maybe may because she is like the only like actual actor in this movie. Really? (laughs) Surprisingly, yes. So she was on a show called Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, as the Hmm. titular 
Mary Hartman, which was a Norman Lear produced, like, uh, I believe what I read, it was like a parody of a soap opera of soap operas in like the okay. 60s or the 70s. I think it was the 70s. And she was like on like 300 or something episodes of it. Hmm. It was like, um, it was a daily kind of soap opera show, but it was like super dark, supposedly. And I think it's just kind of like, sort of like this, just kind of way over the top performance, I think. I've never actually seen it, but this is kind of what I read. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, she's I like mean, the only actual actress or actor in this show, in this movie. Oh, no one man. really went on to do anything else. It doesn't even really seem that way. She's not very good in this movie. <laughs> she's wild. She is, like I said, she's at, if everybody else is at 110, she's at 190. Yeah, she is all over the place. <laughs> she, she's like, she's chewing scenery. She's having breakdowns. It's, yeah, she's in a whole nother universe. Yeah, it's great. This might be one of the, my favorite performances we've ever covered. It's pretty good. I mean, for what we do, <laughs> yes. This is yeah. this is our uh, Marlon Brando. Yeah, she is definitely doing a Marlon Brando <laughs> performance. <laughs> she is a uh, Stanley Kowalski. <laughs> yeah. For sure, it's uh, it's it's a it's a rare, unique find. Although, like the streetcar named Desire, so uh, uh, Blanche Dubois is the one that goes crazy. So this is probably her blanched performance. That makes sense. I think yeah. both. I think you have merit for both, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so where are we? Uh, meanwhile, Andrea and Greg have decided to fuck on the diving board at the indoor indoor pool. You guys are saying they're not fucking, but you know. I know. I think they were. They were, I just think they were very bad at it. Sure. They were in the pre, pre-insertion pre part of, of sex. Yeah, it's it's happening. Yeah. it's Insertion is about to... Yeah. It's like, <laughs> naughty bits are all lined up. Right. You're just waiting for a lift. Like, yeah. You got the countdown going. Mm-hmm. So they're they're on, the, on the, the diving board, butt-ass naked on top of each other, and then Terry comes in and hacks, them out, hacks at them with the machete. Greg gets hit pretty hard and falls into the pool, and Andrea gets hit in the face... Let me cut away. Karen and Artie are stomping around the woods and they get scared by Terry jumping out at them. Terry tells Artie that someone should go tell Greg and Andrea to get inside with Todd running around. So Artie gets in his car and Todd pops up out of the back seat and tells him that Terry's the one going around killing people. Meanwhile, Terry and Karen go back to Terry's place and Terry's now ready to fuck. The bell rings and it's Artie held at gunpoint by Todd. Todd points the gun at Terry and then nervously runs into the night. (laughs) Like a goon. I I was hoping that would be the last we saw of him. (laughs) (laughs) You're on your own. Just just hauls ass the other way. This is all that build up for nothing. Which really kind of right. Because yeah, Todd doesn't do a damn thing in this movie. Not a damn thing. (laughs) He just shows up. Because at the end we'll and we'll get to it, but uh, he goes. He points the gun again at Terry. Mm -hmm. Right. And then right. Karen takes the gun out of his hand and tries to shoot him, but the gun doesn't fire. Correct. And, yeah. then, and then the mom is the one that kills Terry in the end. His his entire story arc is just uh, inaction. Yep. Just being he, in the in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. right. But he's like purposely putting himself in the wrong yeah. place at the wrong time. It's like, like everybody's over there. Ah, shit. And I'm <laughs> right. over here. Like, it would have been great if it was like, yeah, you know, he escaped. And like no, he's definitely coming here. And you just cut to him just riding the rails to like <laughs> the East Coast or wherever. Like, I'm getting the fuck out of here, man. Start yeah. a new life up north. 
It's almost like um, the new Halloween movie where it's just like, oh, Michael Michael has no interest in Laurie Strode. He's just going around killing people. Right. Yeah, that would have been so great. He just, <laughs> we do, you know, like, I'm going to switch things up a little bit. Yeah, he's like, I've lived in this for 10 years, lived in this mental institution for 10 years because of what my brother did. Last thing I want to do is go back to that place. Right. I'm going to start a new life. Right. Everyone it's time else... I live for me, live in my real truth. You live in my truth. That's right. Yeah, just, he, everyone else can go on without him, right? It's been ten years, no one gives. My brother hasn't even come to see me. Yeah. Screw him. I don't need him. I mean, that's like a postscript of what like Todd. Todd eventually became a best-selling author. <laughs> right? Yeah, he wrote the, the the he wrote the screenplay for uh, <laughs> for Blood Rage. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he pulls so a Shawshank. He goes to Mexico and just like, he writes the Doctor or something like that. Yeah. You've come this far, Doc. Maybe you could go a little <laughs> further. Artie. <laughs> this is a random random dude with a thick thick northeastern accent that'd be awesome i'd watch that movie i mean i watch this movie i'd watch that movie too yeah so then terry says that they need to go after todd uh, so him and Artie then go stop around the woods again they come across a bag of weapons including a machete and terry says that it's not cranberry sauce on that machete and he says it twice then stabs Artie with a barbecue fork pretty good kill yeah it was not bad i mean the the kills here are consistently pretty good yeah good blood the only disappointing one is dr berman because we don't get to see anything but we do get to see the aftermath which is pretty cool yeah yeah there's a lot of bloodshed in this and that's uh it's not bad yeah yeah i'm trying to think do we actually see the neighbor lady that's trying to fuck mayor pete do we see we don't really see anything happen with her no because she gets um she gets dressed and she comes out and Pete, Mayor Pete is dead. Yeah. We then, see her body at the end when Karen's running through the houses. Yeah. Yeah. She's been impaled. Yeah. So but Karen. That, yeah. That's as far as we get. Yeah. So Karen and Karen goes looking for Artie and Terry. She finds Terry who's just brandishing the machete, but he says it's Todd's. And then he tries to hack at Karen with the machete and they both go stomping into the woods. Karen runs into Andrea, runs into Andrea's house, but no one's there to answer the door. So she hides in a closet while Terry goes looking for her, one in which he had hid the orderly's body in. Meanwhile, Maddie is still on the phone trying to talk to Brad. (laughs) I can imagine the person on the other end of the line just like pretending to shoot himself, (laughs) doing the like hang me sign. Oh my God, lady, my shift is done in 10 minutes. Please wrap this up. So then Karen finds the body of the orderly in the closet and then runs out of the closet and sees Terry treating Artie's body like a puppet. She then goes to another neighbor's house and it's the little girl that was looking for her cat and she won't let her in because Todd told her not to let anybody in. So she winds up in the house of the woman with the baby and the baby's crying and then she sees the body of the woman and somehow Terry pops up into the room. I don't know how he got into this room without yeah. like, going around Karen, but he's everywhere. He all of a sudden becomes like uh, super... Uh, with like a, a super serial killer. Yeah. So so Karen goes to run outside, but then Todd is at the glass door. So then she goes to call the cops from the bedroom. And then Terry approaches her with a machete. So she hits him in the dick with a phone, <laughs> grabs the baby, and runs for it. Meanwhile, Maddie finds Terry's bloody shirt in the trash. <laughs> so Maddie Maddie's journey is is slow. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. She's like she's basically the. Uh... She's Frodo and Sam in this this story. It's very long and treacherous. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. She is having a lot of trouble with the fact that Todd is is out. Yeah, but she does nothing to like. Instead, she just goes crazy, and there's really no reason to go crazy, yeah. right? It's like, all right, well, he's out. Well, let's try to find him. Yeah. 
And like by all accounts, he's been nothing but an upstanding like patient. Right. We were, you know what? Like to to make this movie better, we really should have seen how he escaped from the mental institution. Mm-hmm. Because just saying he got up and walked out. I mean, that's essentially what I imagine. Like the the guard left the door wide open by accident. <laughs> like, oh, I'm gonna hear about this tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to get so fired. <laughs> and then that guy pins it on his twin brother. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's like Dan and Don. <laughs> Two Don orderly is, twins. <laughs> that's the next sitcom that we get to write. Yep. <laughs> like, well, it was Don's, uh, you know, it was his watch. <laughs> I was off. Uh, I already clocked out. So Maddie finally goes to Brad's office and after yelling at him for not answering the phone, realizes that he's been dead the whole time. Meanwhile, such a weird pose. Yeah. It's like with his head leaning on his stump. Right. Yeah. He's just, yeah, it looks like he's just like kind of, he, he kind of nodded off (laughs) instead of being brutally murdered. (laughs) So then Karen, uh, hides out in the pool with the baby and then Terry shows up again. So she runs into the bathroom and then just shoves the baby into a cabinet. (laughs) And it's never to be seen again, right? Yep. Yeah, the baby. We don't know if the baby survives this movie. Uh, She might go and get it after Terry dies. I don't remember. I I, I just watched this movie. I think so. I think she goes back and gets it. And then the mother shoots herself, right? Oh, end. okay. And wait, so and then she... Karen leaves, and I'm pretty sure she leaves with the baby in her arms. You might be right. I didn't yeah. think. I thought she just like left and ran away. I think she. Yeah, I think she leaves with the baby in her arms. Okay. I was gonna say that would have been a huge oversight. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes running into the bathroom, and then she opens the door to a steam room, and the bodies of Andrea and Greg are in there, even though they are still—you could still see both actors breathing. Breathing, very obviously. <laughs> and then she hides in a bathroom stall. So Terry comes in, looks into the sauna, makes some joke about uh, those two still. In, he makes reference that they're fucking in there. Like, yeah, oh man, these two are still here, huh? <laughs> Anywhere, you guys, huh? Uh, at least he has a sense of humor. Yeah. He's like a crazy person's sense of humor, but a sense of humor nonetheless. Right. And then he takes piss, and then he leaves. <laughs> Which, like, come on, man. There's, like, so many places you could hide in this bathroom. Like, right, of check course. the stall. I think that's one of those, like, he did it on purpose. Right. I know she's in there. She's a terrible have... hider, by the way. Yeah. She hides behind a desk in plain sight. <laughs> hides in the bathroom stall. Everyone hides there, man. Finds you should have hid where the baby, where you put the baby. Put, <laughs> yeah, I don't get him. I don't say hide the baby in the stall. <laughs> so uh, Maddie grabs a gun and tells Brad's headless body that he's she's going to make everything all right. Karen tries to make a break for it out of the bathroom, but Terry is there and manages to cut her with a machete. So she runs out and she runs into Todd, who has a gun. Todd can't work up the courage to shoot Terry. So, uh, is this the trank gun that he gets? For, he, he, this is the trank gun, right? Uh, no, I think it's it's the gun that the doctor had. That's trank gun. No, she had a second gun. Oh, she had, she the, had a second gun. Yeah, she had the trank and an actual gun. Okay, because this gun doesn't fire anyway. It does not. It it's probably I don't know if it was jammed or. It had no bullets in it, but yeah. Okay. So Todd, once again, can't work up the courage to shoot Terry. So Karen gets the gun from him and pulls the trigger, but the gun doesn't go off. So Terry pushes her aside and attempts to pin the evidence on Todd again. Just his 
his one move he's got <laughs> just wipe my blood wipe the blood on you and give you the machete <laughs> right no one's gonna believe you at this point man now there's witnesses yeah and you're not a child <laughs> and then uh todd throws the machete in with a no and then they fight in the pool and terry gets the better of todd todd almost drowns but karen helps him out of the pool as terry climbs out of the pool maddie shows up and she shoots terry like six or seven times and terry falls back into the pool dead and she goes over to todd telling him that he is the bestest boy and it's just them again but she thinks she's talking to terry that scene lasts forever yeah her just giving platitudes you're Mm -hmm. the best boy ever i love you so much it's just gonna be us there's nothing to worry like okay wrap it up here (laughs) we get it yeah so he tells her he's todd over and over again and she freaks out and blows her own brains out (laughs) both of them just keep repeating i'm todd yeah i'm todd what the hell is going on here and then we get a freeze frame ending as we hear sirens and not, that is the end of Blood Rage. Not the best freeze frame ending, by the way. Not the best freeze frame ending. But an excellent Thanksgiving movie. There's not many of them. <laughs> so I was going to say, it's right up there with planes, trains, and automobiles. Yep. <laughs> is, Dutch, is Dutch a Thanksgiving movie? Remember Dutch? Uh, yeah, with Ed O'Neill. Yeah. It's it's around that time. I know that. Because yeah. that's it's what stone. I think he's, he's picking up from boarding school to take him home he's like a step his stepdad right correct or his, her his mom's boyfriend something like that yeah yeah it's it's essentially stepfather scenario yeah uh so. i don't know if it's i know it's snowing but i don't remember if it's thanksgiving or christmas yeah but dutch is a good movie yeah i haven't seen that movie in 25 years probably it's been a while <laughs> it's been a long time but it's it's planes trains automobiles dutch and blood rage yeah, so. that's the is that the Mount Rushmore <laughs> Thanksgiving movies? Yep. Uh, no, I I this is so I, these are the movies that I really gravitate towards when it comes to like shitty horror movies. I kind of love these really bad 80s slashers. There's so yeah. many others that I'm just would love to do. There's one I watched called Final Exam this year, okay. which is in the same vein. Mm. Yeah, it's these movies. I, like you and I are both horror movie fans. And but a lot of the times I won't watch actual scary horror movies. I mean, I enjoy them. I, I love them just as much as anything else. But to me, the, the super campy 80s horror movies are just like really up my alley. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Yeah, I, I always wind up gravitating towards them because I'm like the same thing. Like I'll watch ever so often, like because usually for 31 Days of Horror, I uh, am watching movies uh, that I haven't seen before. So right. I've seen all the good ones, really. Well, most most of the good ones. There's probably some that I haven't. But I usually, when I'm finding new ones, rather than find like a ghost movie or something like that, I usually wind up going for one of these uh, these slasher movies that are either take place on a campus or at a or at a campsite and are just so much fun because it's what I love about them are just it's people that just had barely enough money to make a movie. <laughs> Yeah, and but that there's there's something to uh, praise in that, and there's something to admire. Yeah, I, it's people getting clever. Exactly. Yeah, you you make you stretch the budget, you make the most of what you can, and it's people trying, people like really giving their all, and sometimes like, like most of the time it's hilarious results. Yeah, this is a good one. Would you what would you do to make this movie better? Uh, like I said, I think it would have been cool to see how he escapes from the mental institution uh instead of yeah again i just i feel as if he just kind of 
the door was open and he looked both ways and kind of, you know, whistled while he was walking out of there. You know, uh, that would have been cool to see. I, I also would have liked to have just uh, with Terry, just he he pusses out and just <laughs> hightails it away from there. <laughs> you're on your own yeah uh but i i like the the tw- quote-unquote twist ending uh it's so bad but i like it it's just, i don't know what it is about it that i enjoy i guess just the fact that a mother wanted to kill her one child <laughs> there's just something about that you you don't see much anymore yeah and then she's so upset that the wrong child died that she blows her own brains out right yeah that's man like she must have really hated you kid <laughs> it's, it's a pretty fucked up ending yeah it's again it's very this movie is very unique yeah. it's a lot of things i mean it's not good but it's very unique yeah mark what about you what would you do to make the make this better Yes, essentially, um, the only thing I would do is maybe make it a um, a little more, I guess the word would be populated, I guess, um, to where, you know, there were some more people around or some more close calls where Terry, you know, almost got caught, you know, you know, after like walking out of the property manager's thing, like people walk by, mm-hmm. like just some extras, not even sure. like to extend the movie, you know, just sort of like a after he kills someone, like almost get caught sort of thing that's really all i would change the campiness and all like you were saying you know is perfect um there's not much to do with that the plot's so simple you can just keep that but just maybe have a maybe i'm looking for a couple more comedy bits mm. you know of sort of like a whoops up oh, knife behind my back you know <laughs> how you doing sir <laughs> yeah it is interesting it's they got they got the, like the marvel thing where it's like every every fight takes place in an abandoned something right yeah. <laughs> right so, so it's like this is a abandoned apartment complex except for a handful of people exactly you have to uh you have to minimize collateral damage yeah and uh, minimize those payments to talent yeah, that's a good point <laughs> yeah i don't know what i would do to make this movie better i mean that's really not what this movie is about i love this this movie is so wild it's it's a lot of fun it's why i love horror movies these these little gems it's definitely fun. If, yeah. like I said, it's it's many things. It's unique. It's fun. It's different. Mm-hmm. So little, if you yellow, uh, different. if you're looking for a movie to watch today for Thanksgiving, bring the family around. They're six feet apart though. Uh, wear a mask if you can't if you can't be that far apart and watch Blood Rage because it's family fun. Yeah, it, it this is the type of movie you want to watch with family at, in uh, 2020. Yep. It's like everything's shit. Let's just. Let's just throw caution to the wind here and watch this movie. Yeah, let's watch Louise Lasser really just go for it. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that would be added to my Thanksgiving celebration is the mask, because we, we all stay six feet apart all the time anyway. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> all right. Uh, you guys, I, I, do you guys have anything else you want to add to this? Uh, I feel like we said all we could about Blood Rage. I am, I've said my part with this mark yeah the i just this is as you know going through 31 days of horror and all that um or or when we do these movies that i go for more of these uh you know laughable you know sort of not so much trying too hard movies very simple practical effects so this movie was definitely a treat to watch 
especially after the boar fest of the last two movies we watched were. So I was pretty glad to uh, at least have some fun while watching the movie here. Um, You know, uh, despite the fact that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is not a terrible movie, but um, it did make me cackle at least four or five times um, Mm -hmm. and make me have to rewind scenes like this movie did. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, You guys want to plug your shit? Yeah. Uh, At the Aquino 122 on Twitter. Uh, Also, Stranger Damies on Twitter and Instagram is uh, at Stranger Damies. We were kind of kicking around the idea of maybe doing a giveaway at 1,500 followers. We're at 1,333 as of this recording. So we're getting there. Uh, We don't know what we're going to give away just yet, but, you know, uh, it's free swag, man. So who, who could say no to that? Exactly. So uh, we have our other podcast, uh, Stranger Damies, airs every Wednesday. Um, you can search for it at Stranger Damies. Find it on Instagram and Twitter at Stranger Damies. And yeah, we have our video game podcast, uh, The Game Vault Pod. Um, it airs every other Monday. We will um, have an episode, uh, not this Monday coming up, uh, but the Monday after. Um, probably, I think, first week in December or the first Monday in December should be our, our next episode. Um, so, so feel free to uh, find us Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere um, at Game Vault Pod. Um, and then we stream, um, you know, uh, as well over at uh, twitch.tv slash Game Vault Pod, um, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays or Saturdays and Sunday um, and then every other Monday. So um, just be on the lookout for that. Just follow us on Twitter if you need that schedule. Uh, most important thing we're still doing is um, until the end of the year, we're still doing our Extra Life campaign. Um, we, you can donate at tinyurl.com slash extra life, the number five. Um, we're still, um, striving towards a few goals. Um, we're going to have our big drive. Uh, you, if you were watching yesterday, we did our big drive, so I don't really want to, um, you know, mark what numbers we're at in case we did get any extra donations. Um, since this is uh, recorded a little bit in advance. Um, so, uh, we will have other things coming up, but you got until December 31st. Uh, 2020 to uh, donate uh, to the uh, cause, um, raising money for the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And you can, once again, tinyurl.com slash extra life, the number five. Okay, thank you. And this is They Call This a Movie. You can find us at theycallthisamovie.podbean.com and on all socials or at all. I'm going to start that one over. And this is They Call This Movie. You can find us at theycallthismovie.podbean.com and wherever you find your podcast just by searching They Call This Movie. We're themaindamie.com and we can be found at themaindamie.com and wherever you... Oh, boom, my God. Wow. I usually have this just kind of rolling. <laughs> We're themaindamie.com and you can find us at all socials at themaindamie. So that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just by searching the main Damie and we will be there. We're also proud members of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com and wherever you get your podcasts and on all socials just by searching Geek Vibes Nation. Bunch of great shows on there. There's Scene and Nerd, Top 10 with Tia, Gutting the Sacred Cow, Geek Vibes Live. If you're interested in geek stuff, you surely can find a show that's right for you. Uh, if you have time, please go on to Apple, iTunes, or wherever you do your podcast listening. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a review would be even better. Um, tell us we're great. Tell us we suck. But as long as you give us five stars. Uh, I am at Antelvec on Twitter. You can reach me there. 
Um, but we are active at the main Damien on Twitter, very much so. If you have any questions or comments, do you want to suggest a movie to us? The main at gmail.com is our Gmail. And that's going to wrap it up. I want to say uh, I hope everybody has a happy Thanksgiving if you are in the U.S. celebrating that. If not, uh, if you're not in the U.S., well, then happy Thursday to you. Um, but stay safe, wear a mask, and, uh, you know, keep the exposure to a limit. But that's going to wrap it up. Uh, the director of Blood Rage was John Grismer for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers is Anthony Delvecchio telling John Grismer, well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? 